soy Jenny, este es Soccer Chat Sport, entrenador por entrenadores número uno, con todo por todo. Gracias. Número uno. You know what it is. Keeping it clear on here. You know. For coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat. <laughs> yes, that's the name of the <laughs> With Nick Rizzo. Yeah, I don't know if I'm entirely ready for it. And Sean Sauterly. There's been no bigger show for Soccer Chat than this one. What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat, your weekly coaching podcast. And it's brought to you every single week for free by some good friends of ours like Dutik Brand. Check them out, dutikbrand.com where you can get all the latest coaching accessories they just put out this week. I don't know if you've seen it, Nick, or not, but uh, do you remember back in the 90s when when you were at school and you were allowed to actually use a pen, and there was that one kid who had the pen that had the four different ink things on it? I, I do remember those things, and like the first kid to have it, you were just like, what magic is this? Like, How are you, how are you doing all this? Yeah, everybody wanted that pin. Well, now Dutik Brand has brought that back to coaching. And you can get this brand new four-color pin. It's absolutely incredible. Go check it out, dutikbrand.com. Uh, if you need the latest uh, my trainers, if you need the latest notebooks, maybe the futsal book, uh, you can get all that. I know the starter pack is back. Um, just recently uh, filled back up after convention. Maybe you need to get an awesome shirt. If you saw Adelaide and Tiffany walking around with those awesome Dutik Brand shirts, including the murdered out black on black one, uh, you can pick that up on DutikBrand.com, as well as a fantastic and super warm beanie and an even better neck warmer. You can get over at DutikBrand.com. Make sure to use the promo code SOCCERCHAT uh, to get yourself a great discount over while you're checking out at dutikbrand.com. Shout out to our homies over at Torx, T-O-R-R-X.com, the world's greatest ball pump. You already know what it is. I shouldn't have to tell you any more about it. Everywhere I go, people ask me about the Torx, and especially after Baltimore, people are like, did you really uh, have an experience with TSA with it? Yes, I did. And you can read all about it uh, over on Twitter. But Torx, they got it figured out. And they're like, you know, we probably should make a commercial out of this. I think they should as well. Our new friends, you heard them last week. Bounce Athletics, check them out, bounceathletics.com. Great, great training bibs, fantastic balls, training balls, match balls, whatever you're looking for, they've got it. Camp balls as well. And they're doing that for lots of top programs all over the country. You can get $50 off your first purchase at Bounce Athletics just by mentioning this show when you're emailing them your order. Or also check out Dynamo Goal from Bounce Athletics. They've got these incredible goals that Nick and I got to see firsthand over in a convention in Baltimore. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of jealous. I kind of really, really want one. Uh, they are so amazing, so quick, so sturdy as well. And so portable, uh, that, uh, y- you're going to love it just by getting it. And by using the promo code soccer chat, you're going to get $50 off that goal. And we're going to give you more details about dynamo goal later on in the show. He's Nick. I'm Sean. And as I read a, uh, a posting from your mother the other day, she said, he's Nick. I'm Sean. This is Soccer Chat. This Nick, is the this, one and only. This is the one and only, unfortunately for you. But <laughs> it is the Soccer Chat. You know, we're two weeks out from convention now. Uh, we are looking forward to February 
where we've got the women, uh, the Wisconsin Women in Soccer Symposium coming up. Uh, I believe it's February 29th uh, with some great guests are going to be there. Some great speakers as well. If you don't I mean, know only only the like the best, the best coach of all. Time. I mean, I, I'm not trying to name drop or anything, but I think you should really go on and check out the website. We're always constantly tweeting out the links. And also you have until February 10th to get registered for this. So like if I were you, I would do it now because it's going to be sold out. I don't care what anybody says. It's going oh. to be sold out. And I mean, the one of the main guests may or may not have come to a party that me and Sean were try hosting. I don't even know if that's a thing. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what. Like, what do you do after co-hosting? Like, is it is it try hosting? Like, know, what does it become at that point? No, I, I feel I feel like it's still uh, you host. We hosted. I mean, even though there's three. Like, if you think about it, if a family hosts a gathering like at their house, like for like. A graduation party or something like that. The family is the host. Yeah, so and Becky Burley is definitely family. Yeah, this- yeah. So at this point, she's definitely it. Uh, gotten a lot of compliments uh, and and comments about uh, Becky's video from last week. And that Becky- was, I've gotten like a lot of people because I sh- like obviously I share it on Facebook too, and everyone's like. Like no comments are about me or you, by the way. They're all like, man, like she seems like a lot of fun. It was like, yeah, so are me and Sean, but that's okay. (laughs) Well, I did get one, uh, one comment from, um, uh, Matthew Horton. He, uh, he had, whenever we had posted, he responded very, very quickly. Um, and was like, holy hell, Becky is hilarious. LOL. I thought she was going to walk up and interview the painter, which she probably should have done, but hindsight being 2020 uh and sean is so comfortable in front of a camera it's crazy well matthew little did you know or maybe you did know i went to school for broadcasting so that's um and i kind of want and i at one point i wanted to be an actor so that's where um that camera presence i guess is what they say that's where that comes from no, I mean she, you and you both were very, very good. I, I felt like of all of the people, I definitely appear the most awkward in front of the camera. But granted, I've seen you on camera quite a bit, and Becky, that's how I knew her originally was her being in front of the camera quite a lot. So being the third place person in that group it really isn't that insulting to myself. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. I I don't have a response to that whatsoever. It's okay. Um, but yeah, it, it, we've got uh, we're going to be up at the uh, the symposium in Milwaukee uh, on February 29th. Uh, we were there last year for the first one. Obviously, we're going to come back for the second one. Uh, hopefully, we'll or we'll have some stuff for you guys here uh, a couple weeks before that show. We'll have some of the we'll have some of the representatives on the show talking about the the symposium. It's always a good time. It's always a great learning environment, uh, and I think low key. Besides the fact that they have great speakers, they have great sessions and lectures and things along those lines. Oh, the, ra- the raffle is very underappreciated. I, I'm not participating. I don't even know what you're talking about from last year. I, so, I think I was gone when this part happened. And you may have been. Yeah, I think you were in the restroom for like the 40,000th time. That's um, not true. I was at sessions. I do get to go to more sessions here than I do at the convention for sure. Um, but it was kind of like uh, the one I was at Dujic Brand. Like you got the ticket. You walked up and you placed it in whatever, and then they would pull your uh, pull the ticket and announce the number. But the the things that they were raffling off were just absolutely incredible. I mean, last year there was uh, U.S. national team gear, there was autographed U.S. national team gear. Uh, Stefan Soccer provided a lot of equipment, um, training kits, 
uh, training balls, training equipment. Uh, there was just so much stuff. Um, I know there was a there was some Dutik brand um, packages. There was all sorts of stuff uh, provided, and there was a lot. Uh, and I did not win any of it. There was one thing I want. The one thing I do remember, I wanted really bad. And this is the problem with me is you know you, the more tickets you buy, the more chances you have to win. I had one ticket, uh, and all I wanted was this Nike Stadium coat. That's all I wanted. And unfortunately, it was the one that a lot of people went after. And so I, I did not uh, get even close to winning it. Um, but if there's a Nike stadium jacket this year, I'm going after it. I mean, I, I'm rooting for you, man. I we Neither of us won anything at the, the Duke Dick one uh, at convention. So we, we maybe hopefully we have a little bit better luck at the at the Wisconsin Women's Soccer Symposium. If you really want to make us happy, somehow make us win the raffle. If we can yeah. win, if, if you bring us to something and we win the raffle, we're always going to show up. Correct. I mean, we'll probably show up anyway, but that's a guarantee. That yeah. Give us yeah. a raffle. If you give us a raffle prize, get your confirmation by making sure that we we win the. Just give us all the raffle tickets. That's how. <laughs> just give us all of them, uh, um, and we'll win that way. Um, man, you know it's. Uh, I, I I know about what it's like where you are, but the weather is weird here. Uh, where I'm at, and um. We've been playing inside uh, on our inner club games uh, this these past couple weekends, and it's like, oh, but it, like it's like fifty outside. We should be on our turf field playing, and we're inside. Uh, well, I, okay, I'll, last Sunday it was like thirty eight. I'll give you that. Um, but I don't you know what what you know what what's the movement in uh, in Monmouth right now when it comes to kicking a ball. Are you guys inside? You outside? One hundred percent indoors. That we are. It's it's icy out. We don't have, you know, we are 100% indoors. So nice thing is we have a bunch of futsal balls and a futsal, uh, two futsal melts that we can use. So it's it's definitely an indoors type of year. I, I did see one of the things I did want to talk about this week is Quinny, I think you might lose her to basketball. I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I think you're going to lose her to basketball. She's pretty legit. And I don't know if I like and I've seen her play soccer. She scores a bunch of goals, too. But so, like it's a it's a sport that you she might be highly considering for her next profession. Yeah, um, my wife and I were talking about that the other day. Um, Sorry like, to bring what? up a sore subject. No, no, no. It's it's <laughs> not. I'm it's whatever. Um, I think even if basketball like becomes her sport, like I mean, she still needs something to do in the fall. Um, you know, if you ask her, because uh, like I said, my wife and I were kind of talking about it. She's like, yeah, I think basketball is kind of like. That's that's her thing. Um, and uh, I the thing I think why basketball seems more like I guess like it's more for her now is um, she does really well in smaller environments. So like what I mean by like in soccer when she's like playing four v four like a five year old should be like she does so well. Um, and then. These last like uh, this soccer thing she's in now, they play like eight v eight on a massive field, and like it's just it, it's just a massive bee swarm, and they're like trying to get the kids to spread out, and it's just like you can tell like they're five, like they don't like they just want to go kick the ball, um, and so she kind of like, not I don't say struggles with that, but like you can just tell like she's not like, not as interested in it, um, but then again with basketball, I mean they play. I think it's four v four or something like that. Um, so she just likes, and 
she just has to like focus more. We always joke like she's our ADD kid. Um, and with basketball, she has to f- stay focused on what's going on. Um, but I don't know. I think, um, basketball is obviously, I mean, anybody who knows me knows I, I love basketball. Um, and obviously being an Indiana guy, that's, that's just what we do here. Um, and she's my Indiana girl and she's, she loves to play basketball and, and she likes soccer as well. And I think if you were to ask her, um, which you couldn't right now because she's awake or she's asleep because it's like almost 11 o'clock at night, um, she would actually tell you that she does like both. Um, she and I were talking about it the other day and I was just, you know, like Quinny, like if you don't like soccer, like you can tell me like, that's okay. Um, she's like, no, she's like, I like to play soccer and I like to play basketball too. Like, is, is that okay? And I'm like, absolutely. That's okay. Um, you know, ballet, I, I could, I could possibly do without. Um, uh, but you know, that, that's, that's good for her as well, doing something different, but, um, uh, greatly appreciated your 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 comments uh about her her basketball um whatever it is you want to call it she's she's legit i mean it's just you i mean there, there's no two ways to spin it i mean i i mean if i'm if i'm recruiting the class of 20 what 31 i think she's 32 32 then that's i mean that's that's a person i'm taking a good hard look at at this point <laughs> well you know as we say, open to the highest bidder. Uh, we have really awesome interview this week. Uh, it's one that we've been trying to do for a very long time, but dang it, winning just gets in the way. And making your way to a national championship game just gets in the way sometimes, and, and we're okay with that. We've got an awesome interview for you guys coming up right after this message from Bounce Athletics. Megan, what up? What is up, Soccer Chat fans? Summer soccer camp season will be here before you know it, and Bounce Athletics has got the soccer balls for your camp. Bounce Athletics offers fully customized, micro-stitched, textured premium camp balls for just under $9 a ball. To receive free shipping with delivery by May, order by February 15th. Now these are the same camp balls as some of the most elite Division I college soccer players are using, such as Wake Forest, Creighton, Texas Tech, Michigan State, Florida State, Clemson, Denver, Utah, and the Air Force Academy, just to name a few. Bounce Athletics also offers NFHS and FIFA-approved custom texture training balls, ooh, fancy, for just under $25 a ball, and they can turn orders around in as little as four weeks with DHL direct air shipping, so you are ready to roll for the spring season. All you Soccer Chat listeners can get a $50 discount, save that money, on your first order of custom balls and training vest, just by mentioning the podcast when you email info at bounceathletics.com to begin your order process. Get them now, guys. We're not against rap. We're not against rappers. But we are against those thugs. Thugs. Better bring your 
each week we, we bring guests to you that uh, whether you know or we know or you don't know or we don't know. Uh, and, and maybe sometimes it's coaches that we get uh, connections from or, or sometimes it's even our own uh, people who get on Twitter and, and chat with us. And that's kind of how we've got uh, tonight's guest with us, today's guest, whenever you may be listening to, the, to this. Uh, and I'm just going to start off. I always you know, keep it kind of awkward, I guess. And for whatever reason, um, you know, when we see people on Twitter, uh, we, we just get this like thought process of like what, who we think they are. And our guest with us today is the Marion women's uh, head coach, Gary Yoey, uh, straight out of Indianapolis. And Gary, I'm not going to lie, for many years now, looking at the Marion website and seeing you on there and talking with you on Twitter, I could have swore, for whatever reason, that you were British. And that's not the case. I'm not British. Um, and some people think I'm a couple different nationalities based off my last name. Um, but I'm American. I'm a Hoosier. I'm Indiana through and through, and um, happy to be representing Marion University. Absolutely, man. So you know, you know the the deal with soccer chat is to know who you are, the coach now, and we'll get into your your trip uh, in the national tournament, making big news this year uh, with Marion. Uh, but you know, to get how did you get to this point now in your coaching career? Yeah, so I uh, grew up in Indianapolis. Um, attended Marion College at the time. Uh, changed to Marion University shortly after I graduated um, and was very fortunate to be able to coach club soccer while I was um, so went through a few different local clubs here um, in, in Indianapolis um, and had the opportunity to be a volunteer coach at IUPUI on the women's side um, and then Carmel United developed into Indiana Fire Juniors um, and then uh, to have the opportunity to work with uh, Indy 11 um, in its inaugural year um, with Coach Jurgen Summer. And um, that's just kind of been a, a very fortunate experience of, you know, coaching youth, coaching women, coaching men on the professional side. Um, and, and right now I'm at a really good place coaching uh, the, the women at Marion University and on the club side at Indiana Fire Juniors. So we, we just kind of got a little bit about it. Tell us about your season this year. You guys had a, a pretty big run to where uh, we originally wanted to record this like three months ago. Um, and whenever uh, I was uh, DMing with Gary about trying to get him on, it was like, yeah, yeah, we'll do this day. Unless our team wins and makes it into the tournament, then we're going to have to postpone. <laughs> well, they got to the tournament. And then it was like, hey, you want to try this again? Yes, yeah, so let's try it again. Well, if we happen to win this game, we're going to move on. So I'm going to have to watch some film that night. And they won. So we had to keep postponing. But it was a good reason we had to keep postponing. So kind of uh, give us uh, uh, some highlights of the season this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I listened to you guys for a long time. And I was really looking forward to getting on. And, and I appreciate you uh, being patient. And I'm not sure if you guys are aware of the NAIA tournament format. But it's absolutely bananas. Um and yes, we were fortunate to make it into the national tournament. Uh, we uh, opened up with the opening round game at home um, against a very good Hastings program. Um, we won that game, which uh, sends us down to the uh, the Sweet 16 down in Orange Beach, Alabama, uh, which is a, a great experience. We were there two years ago for the first time in program history, um, lost in penalties to the number one ranked team in the country. Um, so the girls kind of had that experience and had that taste in their mouth. So this time we wanted to, to stay a little bit longer. Um, so we actually faced Martin Methodist again in the round of 16, um, came out 
unbelievably hot, um, put up five goals. Um, so kind of upset them, went on to play Eastern Oregon two days later. Um, very back and forth, even game, not the prettiest game for sure. Um, came out on top of there again, one Oh, to, to make it to the final four. Um, and there we played a team, William Carey, who was the number one team in the country. Um, special team, a lot of international players just really played a good brand of soccer. Um, and got up on top. Uh, maybe got a little too comfortable. Um, they came back to equalize and took it to penalty kicks. And, um, you know, we uh, selected five takers and all five made their shot, um, putting us through to the national championship, which um, nobody expected. I didn't expect. Um, my AD even reminded me today. He's like, yeah, I didn't expect that. The president, expect that. <laughs> you just cost us a lot of money. Um, but they're all very happy. Um, but we, we ran into a really good um, Kaiser team uh, out of West Palm Beach, Florida. And uh, just the style of play and the depth they had uh, really made things difficult. And so we lost two to zero. Um, but going back, you know, three or four months, I truly called it a rebuilding year. Um, the year before, we lost 10 seniors. Um, we brought in nine freshmen. Uh, five of the freshmen started in the national championship game. Wow. Um, so we did not expect it to make it that far. Uh, we actually had a couple injuries along the way that forced us to change our hand a little bit. Um, but obviously a great year and something we want to build on. What was, uh, you know, was there a moment during this, I know it was unexpected, but was there a moment where you thought to yourself like, Hey, like, you know, I, I, I think we've got something going here, obviously, you know, talking about the rebuilding and, and bringing in all those freshmen, but was there ever a point in the season where you thought like, you know, if, if we, if, the, if the cards are played right, we, we could do something here. Yeah, so our conference, the Crossroads League, um, we're NAIA, is, is very difficult. Um, I actually think we had four teams in our conference ranked in the top 25. So once you get to conference play, um, there's never a day off. And um, I think it was our last last regular season game, we played Grace College, who actually they, uh, they bounced us out of the tournament last year. And, and I was told, you never know, I was told that we were the first team left out of the national tournament last year. And um, we have grace to thank us for that. Um, <laughs> so we had that game circled, um, last game of the regular season and it was probably our best. Um, the girls really executed what we went over. Um, and, and even though grace was very good and have some very good players, that's a game that I would say we dominated and we just took off from there. Um, you know, we rolled into the, the conference tournament, um, got a second chance at grace. We beat them again. And then we played a very good Indiana Wesleyan team who I think only lost one game all year. They won the regular season in our Crossroads League. Um, and we went up to their place and won 2-0 to zero to win um, the conference tournament championship for the first time in program history. So I think it was that tail end of the regular season against Grace taking us through the conference tournament. It was like, okay, things are going in the right direction. Um, and again, I, I mentioned earlier, we had to change a few things halfway through the year. We had two girls on four um so it really forced us to change some things and figure it out but then we did and um obviously made a run with uh you know your time that you, you you've been with uh with marion and you mentioned you know, kind of going from the the women's side and then you know doing some work with with men's on the professional side what are some of the the similarities between 
you know, working with the the professional level at the men's side, but then at the same time being with the NAIA school, you know, what are there's somebody somewhere who's probably thinking, oh, there's there's no similarities. You can't, uh, you know, there's nothing that's similar about the two, but there's got to be something that uh, you found to be similar between those two teams. I, I think you know the the is obviously game. Everybody plays differently. But I think one thing that's common is everybody has this drive to play and this drive to want to get better, this drive to want to win. And a lot of times people think on the female side that they don't have that or they don't want that. And that's that's wrong. They want it. I mean, you can have coach across the country. If you get them to give you confidence in you, they will run through a brick view. Um, but everybody who plays has a reason that they're playing for Maybe it's money. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's their family. Maybe it's a badge on their shirt. But drying a resource, water. I mean, they they can really you know show their as long as you. Um, and again, yeah, one's on the men's side, one's college on the women's side. But every player who stepped foot on field wanted to get better. Every player wanted to win the game. Everybody wanted to please their coach. Um, and, and I think again. That just shows you that everybody is there because they love the game. They have something to play for. What's, uh, you know, you mentioned being in, in Indiana, you know, uh, who's your, your whole life. Uh, and, and those who don't know, like we, when people think of soccer, they think of Chicago, they think of St. Louis, they think of, uh, you know, Louisville, or they think of New York and, and California, Texas, all these places. But I think people other than when they, if they, in, I'm surprised how many people don't really know the full like IU men's story. Um, but kind of give everybody a, a glimpse on, I mean like Indiana soccer, like from top to bottom, from clubs to high school to colleges, uh, there's something pretty special in the state when it comes to soccer. There really is. And I think that kind of just, that goes across all sports here in, in Indiana. Right. I mean, people get behind successful teams or who have a good story, but, um, we IU love winners. Soccer. That's all. <laughs> we love winners, right? We love winners. Um, IU men's soccer. That's they're in a class of their own. And what's really funny is I've worked their camps on the men's side. Um, haven't recently, but I've worked them for probably six or seven years straight. And it's unbelievable. No matter what state you're in, what complex you're at, what level you're coaching at, you come across somebody that you saw at IU men's soccer camp. Um, and again, it's just a, it's a family. It's a, it's a tree that just spreads everywhere with, um, not only the knowledge of the game, but the passion of the game and the passion for IU soccer. And, you know, I think they pulled from several, several different parts of the country. Um, but they've all come here to really kind of put it together. And, um, you know, I think on every championship team they've had, they've had somebody, if not multiple people from Indiana play a large role on that. Uh, so I think, like you said, that goes back to our, um, the club level that we have here, the high school level that we have here. Um, and I think it's something that there's just a lot of potential, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's something that can continue to get better. And it's all about the people, you know, you yeah. have the right people in place um, who support it and believe in it. Um, it can go a long ways. And I think, you know, that showed with Indy 11 uh, this past year. Um, they had an unbelievable year. And, and again, it's just, um, like you said, we like winners. Um, yeah. so obviously the following is going to get even bigger and bigger with them and, and hopefully they can make a push into the MLS. But, um, again, I think it's just a, a Midwestern state that, that loves its people and supports its people. Absolutely. With what, like with what you started there, like, I mean, you graduated from Marion, 
How difficult was it initially to come back to the school that you came from and start coaching again right away? Or did you feel it was an easy transition for you because you knew it already? It was, it was weird um, because I really was very disconnected from the year I graduated to the year I got the job um, for no, no reason. I just um, had other opportunities and, and, and focused my time on what I was doing in the moment. Um, but I had a lot of respect for the former coach and I wanted to make sure I did my best. So, you know, so I probably put the most pressure on myself. Um, and it was in a, a period that needed transition. Um, you know, while I was a player there, the women's team had tons of success. Um, and when I took the team over, they're bottom of the conference. They're 10th out of 10 in the conference. Um, and so again, you got to start somewhere and it started with the current players. Again, going back to what I said earlier, they just wanted somebody who believed in them, who gave them confidence, who pushed them and challenged them. Um, and we finished fourth in the conference my first year with the same kids. Um, and so it kind of took off from there. Um, you know, we try to make a name for ourselves. I try to use my connections throughout the high school and the club game. Um, and obviously we've improved every year and got to the point where we are now. Did you, um, but you said there was that initial pressure right away. What, like, what did, like, where did that come from? Do you think that was more internal or did you feel that was more like, like coming from the players in the school when you got there? I would say it was mainly internal, um, but something that's gotten to where we are now, gotten us to where we are now, is there's a lot of competition, internal competition within the university. Um, so the year that I graduated, Marion, was the year they started football. Um, and within its first five years, they won a national championship. You know, so I'm, you know, walking into a university and athletic department that just came off a national championship in football. Um, and it's funny. And again, these are probably Indiana people who would have to, to you know, be able to relate to this. My first day on the job, I walk in and I, I see Steve Downing um, and Katie Gerald's. And those are two Indiana basketball greats. And I'm like, what am I doing working with these people? Um, you know, Steve Downing has a ring from, you know, winning an NBA championship with the Boston Celtics. He's probably Bob Knight's favorite player of all time. Um, Katie Gerald's is the best women's player to ever come out of the state of Indiana. Um, see those people around who are just great and everything they do. And you're like, okay, I, I gotta be like them. I gotta win like them. Um, so I think internally it started with me just being a, an alum, but you see the people around you and you don't want to let them down. Yeah, no, that's awesome. The one thing I always find funny is, like, I, I went to school in Iowa, and I feel like Iowa and Indiana, even though I, I don't know the relationship between them, I see, I feel like you guys know the athletes that are from your state and played for your guys' state schools better than, like, almost anyone. Maybe Wisconsin <laughs> a little bit, but, like, I, I feel like whenever I'd be playing with a kid from Iowa, like, we'd see, like, a random dude, like, in, in like the XFL and he'd be like, Oh yeah, that guy played for Marian Catholic. And you're like, wait, like, wait, how do you know that? But I, I do feel like almost <laughs> like with, with Indiana, I do feel like there's almost like this cult following with your guys athletes because you guys do care so much and are so passionate about all of your guys sports. Yeah. I mean, even I think you're right across the state, but we, uh, in the past, I think three years, Marion football has had two guys go to the NFL. Um, Krishan Hogan started with the Colts and now he's at the same. Um, and then now we have one at the Minnesota Vikings and it's unreal. I mean, they have for sure a 3000 person following every single game, um, just because they were a night and, you know, once you're a night, you're always a night and now you have their support. 
That's no, that's awesome. Like, so when you got there, like, what was kind of your journey? Like, what was that? What you said that obviously you guys went from 10th to moved up, moved up a few spots. What was, what, what, why do you think that was? It was just like the change and the girls got excited or what did you feel like maybe some of the things that you changed when you got there? Yeah. And I think, I think you guys would agree, like to get into our profession is super difficult and you're making almost nothing working freaking 80 hours a week coaching club you're like what's that next that next step and to be honest with you i don't know if i deserve the job um i think the fact that i was an alum i think the fact that i made coffee during the interview process made the five people um and so i think it was just that i was so excited um again it's like i landed my dream job and as bad as it sounds, I wanted to be in the office 24 hours a day um, to make sure that I did the best job that I could absolutely do. Um, so I think just doing that and, again, using my resources to, to better myself and to get new ideas and um, spread that to the team, I think that was part of it. Um, I think six years ago, our conference was not great. Um, I hope not too many coaches listen to this who were coaching at the time. But there were a lot of part-time coaches who maybe have been there for a long time. And, and um, I think that allowed us to have success a little bit quicker than normal. But now it's unreal. I mean, every, every game you're going against somebody who does something differently, uh, who's really challenging you, uh, which is a good thing. I wouldn't want anything different. Um, but I just think the game continues to evolve. Our conference, I mean, the women's game obviously continues to evolve. Um, and obviously it's something that's very, very good for our sport. No, for sure. Like – when did you start like why do you think that transitions in your conference changed like what what do you think were some of the reasons that that uh became a thing like where your conference started to advance i i think you know a couple of our schools probably started to invest a little bit more um you know hiring full-time coaches hiring experienced coaches for me it, um spring arbor out of our um out of our conference in michigan um, they're awesome they're unbelievable and then they had a kid who um Bethany Balser is her name. She goes from NAIA to undrafted, and then everybody to uh, rookie of the year to getting a call up to the national team from an NAIA school. Um, and she was special. And um, I, I'm going to miss this slightly, but uh, I believe they won two national championships. They got to three of the national championships. She was player of the year those two times. Um, and again, it's like, how, how do you do that? And when you have somebody who's much success, like a program like Spring Arbor, who's in your conference, you're like, if they can do it, we can. Um, so again, I think they just kind of set the standard in our conference. And, um, you know, we challenged them fairly quickly. And then Indiana Wesleyan, Grace. Um, it's just a super competitive conference now. I, I think it's hard for Spring Arbor. That, no, that's that's awesome. Like for you personally, like when you looked at Marion and what you guys were trying to do, what were some of the first things that you looked at, both playing wise and recruiting wise, that you thought would really help you out? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's a lot of the right resources academically. Um, prime. Um, you know, a lot of NEI schools are in the middle of nowhere, um, but we're five minutes from downtown Indianapolis. We have everything you could want. Um, 
entertainment-wise, socially, internship, which we gotta we gotta use that. Um, we gotta we're going after kids um, who don't know about Marion, and the biggest thing, which is people are aware, and that's kind of been my ammo is like for the stars. I'm gonna go after kids that I should not get. I'm gonna go after kids to the Marion. Um, and, and you know, if I get 49 no's, that's a thing. all right, that, that, that one, yes, could be a program changer. And obviously I think our, our standard, our level of a player, improved, but it was what my second year, um, 2018 grew from there. And, and we got one really special kid, a local kid who was actually committed to a Division One school, went on her official visit, and was like, whoa, this is too far away from home. Uh, she called me, and we signed her the very next day. Um, kind of just started to, a, a trend that allowed us to go over, to go after the top kids in the area. Um, and that's something that now we're reaching out to the run, a higher standard. Um, and like I said, just reaching for the stars. Yeah. No, that's awesome. You and Sean and you would get along really well because uh, if I remember correctly, Sean, when you got your first uh, job recruiting at uh, Allison Broadus, that the first thing you did was go to like the top drawer, top 100 and, and start and start trying to find those kids contact information. That was when I was at UE. That was at UE. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, going straight from coaching in high school to, uh, you know, working in a division one program and uh, thinking like, okay, like this is what we're, I, I basically made everything based off of what I knew from college basketball. It was just like, oh, like why not go after the ESPN 100 or the top drawer soccer 100? And uh, in my first meeting, bringing all these kids' names up, everybody just stared at me like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, uh, aren't these the kids that we're supposed to be going after? But yeah, that was that's kind of that was my philosophy, and it still is today. I mean, like if if you get one top 100 kid maybe the next year you get two you know you don't know unless you try yeah i mean i there, there are enough smart kids out there who realize the right opportunity for them um and they might want something different so again the worst thing they can say is no i was that's like the same thing in life the worst person some worst thing somebody can say is is no um, you know, what's been a, uh, a highlight for you, you know, not just this season, obviously making it to the national championship, uh, but maybe just something in, in your time at Marion that, you know, when it's all said and done, uh, you know, looking back being like, that was, uh, that was probably the best moment. Whew, that's tough, especially just going off of, uh, the year that we had. Um, you know, I, I think something just in, in life in general is having your family there. Um, you know, going through the building stages of a program, you go through a lot of ups and downs and, you know, we were fortunate enough to win 20 games this year, but there've been years we've only won 10 or 12 games. And, um, you know, after a loss, you look over and you have two or three little kids running after you and you totally forget about the loss. And, um, I get stories from my wife and, and some of my kids, teachers that they do the Marion chant at school. <laughs> um, so just again, seeing them involved in the, in the team and the program and the Marion family, um, it really puts a perspective on what's really important. And again, I think that goes much further than, than any win that you could have. And then hopefully that leads to the players, you know, hopefully they see those things and they see how important that is. 
Um, and that really hopefully sets with them to kind of take forward once they graduate from college into the real world. So it's just, I mean, obviously wins are great, you know, competing for a national championships. Awesome. I mean, simply training every day is awesome. We're lucky to do what we do. Um, but to do it with the people that we do and the support that we have, I think is awesome. What's, uh, you know, every time that we have, uh, a parent on who, who's coaching, what's your, your family's involvement with your team? You know, I, we always talk about, uh, um, you know, kids who have, uh, have young girls and, and they're coaching a women's team, you know, a lot of times those, there's a good interaction, a good relationship between the players and your own children. Uh, what's that like for your family? Yeah. So we have, I have three kids, um, all under the age of seven. Um, so that's why doing this interview now is perfect because it's the only quiet time in the house. You're speaking my language, um, brother. You're speaking my <laughs> language. Nick, you'll know one of these um, days. <laughs> one of these days, man, you'll know. Um, the two oldest are, uh, are both girls. Lainey is seven, Paige is six. Um, it kind of started with, uh, with Lainey. I, I mentioned we made it to the national tournament, um, two years ago for the first time in program history. And, um, I was like, I gotta take her. And as soon as I said that, uh, I had to take her. Otherwise <laughs> she would not have been good for her mom to stick around at home because she was set on riding the bus on being one of the girls. Um, one of the moms of our players took her to the orange beach zoo while we were down there. Oh, wow. Um, so now what's funny and I, and I say this and probably Lainey and my parents put more pressure on me than my AD does about getting back to orange beach every <laughs> single year. Um, it's a beautiful place. It's, it's an awesome experience, but my parents, they seem to find a great deal on a condo, um, every single year and they have it booked before October. Um, so again, I think just having that family there is awesome. But, um, Lainey just had her first year of, uh, club soccer here at IFJ. And again, similar to all your pictures, you know, it's, it's awesome to just watch, um, mm -hmm. Paige, our six year old, she has down syndrome. And so, you know, anybody sees her and they just start smiling. Um, she's absolutely adorable. She is. And she's lucky. She's adorable because she's a pain in the butt sometimes. <laughs> um, but again, um, she, she puts a smile on anybody's face and, and, you know, we've had several opportunities where the team's gotten involved with events and the down syndrome community to really help out. Um, and then two years ago, I finally got my boy and this dude's left foot is unreal. Um, <laughs> you know, if I'm any kind of men's coach out there, I'd be looking for that class of 2036 or whatever it is. <laughs> um, but again, it's, it's, it's great. It's a great foundation to have and support system to have, um, them involved with us. Hey, Sean, I know at convention you were blown away by the new aluminum folding Dynamo Goal from Bounce Athletics, which is the world's most portable and durable small side goal, weighing only 19 pounds and only taking five seconds to set up for fold flat. The Dynamo Goal is utilized by the entire North American soccer spectrum, from recreational programs to MLS clubs, to create dynamic small side training and game environments. And check this out. It's also available in 3x5 and 4x6 sizes. The Dynamo Goal requires no staking, so it's perfect on all training services. Net customization is also available for those programs looking to create a professional training environment. Visit DynamoGoal.com for complete details. Nick, check this out. The goal start at only $257 per goal with free shipping 
And just for listening to the show, our Soccer Chat listeners get a $50 discount on their order when they use the offer code SOCCERCHAT at checkout. That's dynamogoal.com, D-Y-N-A-M-O, goal.com. There's something about getting your kids involved. Uh, you know, we all talk about we want a family atmosphere with our teams and stuff like that. But I think when you do get your own kids involved and uh, the players are around that, that's kind of like the the, the breaking of the mold a little bit uh, of making that family atmosphere. It also helps you with, uh, you know, every now and then if you need a babysitter for for parents night out or something like that, uh, it always helps to be able to to call the responsible ones uh, when when needed. You know, just uh, you kind of mentioned about, um, you know, your kids playing and and, and being a part of that now. Um, How is that as as dad now on the sides? You know, you've been the coach for so long. Uh, and now they're playing and it's uh, it's a whole different ball game when when you're the one who's sitting in the chair on the opposite side uh, having to cheer instead of coaching. And I've always told my wife, that's my goal is to just sit in the chair, not <laughs> say a word, not jump up and down, just sit in the chair. And she always said, OK, you're, you will do that until you see who's coaching your daughter. That's or true. Your son. Um, which I agree with. But to this point, we've been very lucky. Um, funny enough. Um, Laney, Laney's first coach is uh, Mark Castro, who just okay. got the men's job at Marion. So this guy is going from coaching U8 girls to college men, um, and which is awesome. He obviously has experience on the college side, but the, the day that I broke the news to Laney, uh, we had tears at the dinner table. So oh, no. um, obviously he was great for her, um, and he'll be missed. Um, but I love just being the, the parent on the sideline, just keeping quiet. Um, so hopefully I can do that for, for some time now. That's so true. Cause I can remember before Quinn started playing of being like, Hey, this is my time just to be a dad. Like, I'm just going to sit and watch. And then you see who the coach is and you see what the kids are doing. And you're like, ah, okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to like, now. yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have to start saying some things during games. Yep. Um, but, uh, no, it's, it's super cool that, uh, I think, and I don't know how, how it was when your kids were, were starting to get growing and, and starting to take uh, interest in activities and whatnot. But how many people ever like told you, like, what if your kids aren't interested in soccer? Yeah. yeah. I feel like, I feel like, um, I, like we get that more than any other sport. And I probably handle that the way I shouldn't and just say, oh, they will. <laughs> um, no, my, my wife was a heck of an athlete, too. She actually... Um, won a state championship in basketball and, and played softball at Marion. Um, so, you know, she wants them to play basketball and softball and I want them to play soccer. So we might meet somewhere in the middle, but um, you know, they got her genes, I think on the athletic side. Um, so whatever they do, they'll be fine. Absolutely. Uh, you know, what, what happens when uh, the U8 team gives a uh, dad, Gary, a call and says, Hey, we need a, we need a coach for the U8s. So I've actually had to step in a couple times. Okay. And it is much more difficult than being yes. on the sidelines at Marion. Yes. Um, to, to, to say the same thing nine times is not enough. you got to say it that tenth time. Um, yeah. And it's, it's unreal. I mean, it's so much fun, but it's exhausting. It's not as easy as people think. Um, so I will do it when they are in need, but I will not be the first one to sign up. <laughs> That's what uh, currently I've got um... – our sparks group for our U sixes and yep. it is, uh, it, it is trying. And I tell myself, all, we actually on, um, Tuesday night, uh, they were short a coach cause we have, uh, the three-year-old group, uh, the three to fours, the four to fives. And then I've got the five to sixes. 
And uh, the three to fours were missing their coach that night. And our, the, the lady who's in charge of the Sparks program was like, hey, do you know you want to move down to your son's group tonight and do the three to fours? I was like, oh, no, absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> and she was like, are you sure? Are you sure? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm yep. very sure about that. Yep. <laughs> um, and I always kind of joke. I was like, I can barely handle Quinn's age group. Like, if you oh, think yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to handle the three-year-olds, absolutely not. No. Um, no <laughs> so, you know, what's uh, what, what kind of is the – the plan for you, you know, heading into next year, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you talked about the pressure that your own family puts on you and, and sometimes the pressure that the AD may put on you, uh, especially for going to the national championship in a quote unquote rebuilding year, you know, what is, what are you doing now to, uh, to get ready for next year? So we actually just had our individual meetings last week. You know, people are like, well, why are you doing it so late? I go, well, we were fortunate enough to be playing until yeah. December 7th. Um, we got back from Alabama, they had finals and they were gone. So we're just now getting to it. And obviously meetings are much easier when you win. Um, but I tell you what, they're all saying the right thing and they've understand that this program is at a new level. Um, but we're not content. We're not satisfied. We want to keep getting better. Um, so I actually think there's two trains of thought. There's one, there's, you know, some people who just want to train and get better at their craft or what they do. Um, the other half of the people are like, the, the psychologist and the mental side, like where, where can we grow in that area? Which is awesome because I think that's kind of um, where a lot of the education is nowadays is the psychology piece and the mental state of these players. Um, so I, I've been doing a lot of reading of um, what drives winning and um, sharing that with a few individuals. But I think we're going to take a few of those exercises and that's kind of going to be a focus of ours in the spring um, because, you know, like you mentioned – you know, we, we don't lose much. I think we lost four seniors, um, you know, and none of them um, started at the end of the year. Um, all very important pieces, obviously, to get us there. Um, but the players who are returning um, are the ones who will deal with that pressure. And uh, what's funny is our first three games of the, of the fall are all against top ten teams. Um, we'll head down to Florida to play Kaiser, who we play in the national championship. Um so what I keep saying is we will figure out right away if we are a good program or if we just had a good year. <laughs> um, and, again, it's about dealing with that pressure, you know, having that target on your back. Um, and, again, we wouldn't want it any other way. Um, but I had one kid in our individual meeting say, we're going to have this pressure in the fall. How do we simulate that in the spring? I'm like, holy smokes, good question. Yeah. Um, because in the spring, you know, for us, it's always been about development, mainly individual development, and just kind of focusing in that area um, because the results don't mean anything. Um, so I was like, great question, and we got to make sure we find that because we don't want that to be something that just kind of jumps up at us, you know, when we report in August. Um, so we've come up with a few ideas. You know, a lot of it is really focusing on individual and small groups and um, being able to go back after the games and watch the film and not being afraid to critique each other based off turnovers and, and opportunities that led you know, for the other team. Um, again, that's just one area. But I think just really making sure that we understand what we did this year has nothing to do with what we're going to do or what we're going to see in 2020. Everybody starts at zero and zero. Um, so to make sure that we, um, you know, are doing everything we can to get better on the field and off the field is super important from now until we, you know, start preseason in August. 
Nick, is that something your players have kind of talked to you about, you know, with you guys winning the first conference championship and going to the national tournament for the first time is, is those expectations of next season, you know, have, have they talked about, like, you know, how can we get that same type of expectation for the spring? Yeah. I mean, I think the most difficult thing is understanding that it's completely different mentality going from being the ones that get to hunt to the ones that are hunted. Cause I I'm sure going into next year, unfortunately for, for you guys, Gary is like, Every single team now, like you guys are going to be their banquet talk. Like if you guys beat them, like that's the thing that's going to, they're going to talk about their end of the year banquet. And so that's the thing that we always talk about. Like, and we started talking about near the end of our year this year after we started pretty well, then not as good as you guys did. Um, But is we didn't want to be anyone's banquet talk. We didn't want to, like, we wanted to make sure that we were playing every game, like a playoff game as much as they were. And is, is that something you guys feel like it is going to be a thing that you have to adjust to going into the next season? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, again, you know, last year, this past year, 2019, we started unranked, you know, so it's totally different. And we we actually liked not having the target on our back. We liked going after Spring Arbor. We liked going after Grace. Um, but now it's going to be roles reversed. Um, yes. And so, again, it's it's the mental preparation of being able to, to handle that, I think, is super key. Um, fortunately we have an unbelievable junior to be senior class. And like I said, in the individual meetings are spot on. Um, they understand what's going to happen next year. And I think they're excited about it and prepared for it. Um, so, but like you said, it's a totally different mind frame. Um, and something that we have to be prepared for. Yeah. And that's the thing I think we, the first year that we made the conference tournament and lost in the final, it, the next year, I don't think we handled being that team very well. And I, and I, I'm, it's going to be a huge challenge for me next year to figure out like how we can do it a little bit better. For you, yeah. what are some things that you think that your team does really well that you really enjoy coaching about your team? Like what are some things that you might do a little bit different? Yeah, so one thing that we did a better job of this year was um, preparing for our opponent. Um, and I think what was really important was that we were very consistent. So, you know, we prepared the same way against the bottom team in our conference as we did against Kaiser in the national championship. Our routine was the same in regards of when we had that meeting, that film session, that breakdown, um, the, the, the breakdown of what we actually covered, you know, from individuals to the team system. Um, that was all very consistent and a bit more in-depth and it was very clear and obvious that the players were interested in that and were willing to take that information. Um, and even more so, taking a step further, our center backs, uh, who were unbelievable all year long, they would ask for film maybe before we got off the field of that current game of the next opponent. And so just how invested they were in preparation, um, I think was something that was super beneficial and just a really big reason of why we did what we did this year. Um, you know, other than that, I think it's just that, like I said, we had nine freshmen this year who were all very good. And that stung early in the year. Um, we started out the year um, on a three-game trip out in California. And we had some issues. I mean, you know, the captain had to have a talk that first road trip. I'm like, are you kidding me? We're not even two weeks into the season. We have to go through this already. Um, 
But what it was was the, the younger kids really challenging the older kids. And, you know, initially they didn't like that, but they understood that um, they're only there to help the program, to help the team, and to challenge the older kids. Um, so once it was kind of discussed and all the differences were sorted out, um, we became a heck of a team. And I think just that internal competition that makes each other better each and every day um, is something that really makes me proud to coach this team that we currently have right now. What are some things like with the game right now that you're really passionate about? Like what are some topics that you see come up either like through Twitter, through like things you see on TV that are like topics that you're very passionate about? Yeah. So I would say like kind of one thing that we kind of stuck with towards the end of the year, and maybe this is more specific than what you're asking was defensively. um, We played a high line. Um, which to me, that's not a press, and obviously it's not a low line. Uh, but to me, that is a um, making the opponent feel very uncomfortable. Um, because if you start to press and you don't do it organized, if you don't do it in unisons together, um, you become very stretched and a good team will play right through you. If you play a low line against a solid team who can possess the ball, eventually they're going to break you down. So our goal was to play just high enough to make them uncomfortable, to make them have to make a decision and make that decision very difficult to make. Um, So I think that was a key. Um, And then I think kind of piggybacking off of that, you know, we do a lot of transitional games. You know, as much as I would like to say our, our, our country plays beautiful soccer or we do this very well or we do this very well, I don't know the stats, but I'd be shocked if not more than 75% of the game was in transition. Um, and those are just things that you got to get the kids to react to, to be prepared for. Um, and you get a lot of kind of numbers up situations if you play it properly. Um, so I think, you know, the, the high line defensively is key for us. And then, um, the transitional piece of the game is super important. Like with you going forward, what are some of your goals going into next season? What are some of your goals personally going into the next few years? Yeah, I mean, I think the easy one is to to get back to the national tournament. Um, and again, that's very difficult to do. Um, but I think the, the confidence is high on the team um, and the belief is high. I mean, that was a thing. Like I keep saying, even I'll say it to the players, I'm not sure that our roster was the most you know, top 10 most talented roster. Um, but the fact that they all believe they were um, was what allowed us to have that success. Um, so I think that's key to have that belief and that confidence um, no matter what happens, even if we lose those first three games, um, to make sure that we are mentally strong enough to bounce back. So I think the, the priority is to make sure that as a team, we don't go backwards, that we don't lose anything that we had this year. If anything, we add on to it. And that's with experience. That's with some of these juniors becoming better leaders. And who knows, maybe the freshman class coming in can also add something to that. Um, but I think, you know, as a whole, it's getting back to the national tournament. Um, and just making sure that we provide this experience for every kid that comes through Marion University Women's Soccer. That's awesome. Like, and, and really, like, for you, like, what are, like, some of the things that you're most looking forward to going into the spring season? Uh, you know, so the spring season is awesome for us because it allows other kids to have an opportunity. Um we have a kid right now on our team. She's a freshman. Uh, she was actually an All-American. She was our conference player of the year as a freshman. 
Um, she's also doing track and field. And they've had two meets. And she's already broken three school records in two meets as a freshman in track and field. Um, but we won't have her in the spring. Um, so it's, it's an opportunity for other kids to, to step up and to see what they do. Um, incoming freshman, uh, you know, obviously she's there. She's um, considered a freshman now because she came in at semester. Um, so it's how quickly can she get acclimated? Um, but it's just, it's, it's obviously a preview of what we're going to see in the fall. And that's just exciting to kind of get us back on the, on the field and see what we're made of. Something I was, uh, I, especially you being an NAIA, um, seems to be the, uh, the hot button topic around uh, the country now from an NAI standpoint or, and also even your own personal standpoint, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the 21st century model for scheduling? It has to happen. It has to happen. Um, I, I don't know if I was clear enough, but we played um, was it, four games in six days at the national tournament. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Trying to play your best soccer um, of the year with that sort of um, work-to-rest ratio is just um, – it's, it's nuts. It's crazy. And, you know, our game is different than any other game. You know, it just is. And um, the work that these players put in, um, they deserve to have the opportunity to play at their best on game day. And when you're playing two or three games in a week, um, because you have to, it just doesn't allow them to showcase their ability. Um, but to me, everything makes sense. You know, why not go to Saturday games only? Now you're not yeah. missing any class. Um, for us, and, and you guys know this, like, how often do you get a real training session? Yeah, like that's. I think that's don't. like the big proponent everybody has mentioned is player development wise. We may get one or two sessions a week. That's actual training. The yeah, you're either preparing time. or recovering. Um, so to me, it's a no brainer. And again, you know, maybe it's just because we're in the Midwest, but again, you're playing your most important games in November. The weather's not great. You know, some of the fields aren't great because of that. Um, and again, I, I just I think our sport's different, and I think our sport deserves that. So I'm totally on board for that. Um, you know, I think it's something that the players would would obviously benefit from, um, and it just makes it more meaningful, you know, throughout the whole calendar, uh, rather than jamming it all in four months. So um, I like to see it move forward. You know, I I think it was two years ago. It was two years ago at the um, the convention in in Chicago. Um, we knew it was being discussed on the Division One side, specifically the men's side. So we actually brought it up. You know, NAIA is the wild, wild west. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes we need to do things that are different, um, you know, to, to make a benefit for, for our student athletes. So um, I know there's discussion there. Um, you know, I'm not sure if it's moved forward um, since last year, but it's something that I think should strongly be considered across the board. Did, was it something that from the NAI level, a majority of coaches were in a, in agreement on? Yeah. I mean, I think obviously it started with the coaches panel. People bring it to the attention of the NAIA. Um, but everybody who was in attendance, I, I would say it was probably 80 to 90% in favor of it. Awesome. And like, have, has there been much feedback from the, the NAIA on maybe here's some ideas we've got for it, or is this, this something that they want to keep discussing? Yeah, I think it's something that they want to keep researching. I think they're afraid to pull the trigger first. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they see it be a success at the NCAA, it doesn't matter if it's men's or women's, but if they see it as a success, I don't think they'd be afraid to pull the trigger um, after that. But I think it's something right now they're holding them back just a little bit. Now, I do think that, um, you know, hearing from some coaches and, and you know, receiving some some emails that they are very strongly looking at revamping the way our national tournament is set up now, um, which that's all you can ask for is baby steps. You know, yeah. for them to listen um, and try to do what's best for the student athletes. Do you think though, if they, if they pulled the trigger early, knowing what, you know, Sacho has, uh, has reported from the university of Maryland men's team. And, and we all know our, our good friend, Randy Waldrum has been a very heavy advocate on the women's side of the game about it. You know, wouldn't it make the NAI feel like, Hey, like we got this going, uh, and, and they could be reap the benefits from it. I, I do. I do. And it's all about, you know, doing that yeah <laughs> are they do they have the support you know from from obviously the power above to, to do that but i think nai is different and they do look at ways to separate themselves and obviously this would be one um it's a it's a major one it's a big one um but i, I that's, that's a good question again we've all had the discussion within coaches um mm. i'd be very curious to see where that is you know at the admin side of NAIA. is this something that your players have talked about or asked about no, not at all. I, was, no. I it, 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 I think like most, like I know we, when we were talking to Randy in Baltimore um, and even the year before in Chicago, talking to him about it. And he said, you know, something that like, he's like, my players didn't even know about it until I brought it up. And then once I brought it up and explained it to him in complete detail, they were like, why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we doing this? Yeah. No, as I, I mean, say, do you think it's something that the players know. would all get behind once they, once they kind of got the, the, the idea of it? At our level, I'm not sure if all of them would. And the reason why I say that is because some of them are super stressed in the fall just trying to do both <laughs> as it is. Yeah. And now you're going to ask them to do that across the board. Obviously, you know, that's just the initial reaction. You would explain to them how it, you know, kind of allows you more time in the classroom in the end. Um, I think initially they'd be like, holy crap, I got to experience this stress level for now eight months. Um but I think it's something like you said, if, if you actually get down to the nuts and bolts and explain to why it is beneficial, I think they'd understand. But to, to, to your original question, this is all they know. Yeah. This is all they know is this crazy season because it's the same as high school, right? Um, yep. So this is all they're, they're familiar with at this time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's good. It's good to find another advocate, uh, for the 21st century model. We, uh, we, we're, we're trying to get the gang together and, and Randy had a very good point, uh, when we were talking to him about, you know, they try to say, uh, at least what he had heard was, um, you know, there are other, if they can't do a 21st century model, then there's other plans of, of being able to do it without going into this first and second semester. Um, but I think his thing is, you know, if you just put it out there and try something different, see if it works, if it doesn't work, try something different. But I think, you and 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 Nick, myself, and and all the coaches who agree with this of we, we've got to put our players' health and academic side first. And I think no from from a school standpoint, if I'm a school and I'm hearing about this, like, okay, I understand costs and things along those lines, but academically speaking, like, oh, our kids don't have to miss any, or I won't say any, but are going to miss very minimal class time. Absolutely, sign. Where do we sign up for that? Yeah, for sure. And that's, I mean, in the end, that's who drives these decisions is the presidents. Right, mm-hmm. so making sure they're knowledgeable of what's going on, I think, is super important. Um, and again, I think um, you do what's in the best interest of them as student athletes, and they're all in for. 
Um, so I think you're spot on making sure they're aware of these opportunities. Well, I know um, in the last spring uh, when my club team came up to play in the crossroads and uh, one of my former players is a Marion Knight, Mason Mockaby. He uh, yep. always gives a always gives my team a tour every year that we, we play in crossroads. And uh, I was actually fortunate enough to meet the president um, as Mason was giving us a tour. And uh, he seemed like a soccer fan. He, he spoke very highly of Mason, knew Mason by name and and talked about the team a little bit and then talked to our guys. And it uh, seemed to me like when it comes to something like that, supporting of the student athletes, supporting uh, of, of what's going to make the program better and make the school better. I, I feel like you may have one that's uh, that's going to be on your side on that. No, he is. I mean, he's, he's awesome. The athletic director is awesome. Um, the support they've given us is, is unbelievable. Um, and again, I, I don't expect anybody to know this, but uh, within the last couple months and the whole fall season, we made it to the national championship, unfortunately lost. Football made it to the national championship, unfortunately lost. Volleyball made it to the national championship, and they won it all. Um, to have three fall sports make it to the national championship, um, I've never seen our president and athletic director walk through the hall smiling as big as they have been <laughs> um, because they're so happy of what we've done. And, and I think we've done it the right way. Um, and again, I think it's just you know making sure that we recruit high-character kids who also do well in the classroom. And that's what I think Marion's all about is having the support of administration, the president, the professors. Um, and it's just something to be proud of. Um, but again, what he's done there is unbelievable. I mean, it's a totally different place. You know, I'm going to date myself now, age myself now. Um, but 10, 12 years ago, I would, I, if I had to decide again, I would not go back to Marion. Um, <laughs> but the way it is now, um, just the way campus life is now, the opportunities they have athletically, academically, um, the business programs, absolutely killing it. Obviously we're known for nursing and biology and we have a medical school now. Um, and there's a lot of universities struggling. Um, but you know, we're in a very good place right now. And, and again, that, that, those things are what helped me recruit kids to Marion is the academic piece and everything that the president has done to allow us to be successful. Well, I know I saw the new weight room. I've seen some of the new buildings on campus and you guys got some amazing things going on there. Uh, Gary, you know, soccer chat's all about getting coaches connected. And I know some some coaches may see you on Twitter and and they get connected with you there. But somebody may that's listening to this and, and they want to get to know more about uh, Gary Owen and the Marion Knights. Uh, how can they do so? Yeah, please do. Uh, my Twitter handle is G-Y-O-H-E. And my email is G-Y-O-H-E at Marion, and that's with an A, M-A-R-I-A-N dot E-D-U. Um, so, yeah, please reach out. We'd love to get in touch. Um, I'm often everywhere, uh, whether it's with the university or with the club. Um, so we'd so would like to catch up. Absolutely. Well, Gary Oe from Marion, thank you so much for coming on and joining us on Soccer Chat this week. Thank you guys for having me. I just want to tell you guys that I started listening way back when you had Jen Demos. Oh, that wow. First awesome. show, I coached Jen Demos in high school. Oh, and I'm sorry. That kid has turned me down several times. I've tried getting her on my staff, and she continues to turn me down. So oh, I hope my she's gosh. Listening, um, because she deserves to be called out, but she is awesome. Like that, she is. That interview was what got me hooked to you guys, and you guys are awesome. You guys are real. I love what you guys do, um, and it's just a real pleasure to be part of it. Well, I don't know too many people who will put Jim Demos over like that. Uh, I too have tried to get her very many jobs, and she's just so popular uh, <laughs> that she has to she has to say no a lot. Apparently, 
No, she's awesome and she's doing good things. Absolutely. Well, Gary, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, guys. I, I think you said it pretty pretty well right before we got going. It's it, it's sometimes hard to get a hold of some coaches that are just so successful. But I mean, Gary's Gary's such an incredible guy. And is that why I, you I don't think, respond to my text messages now that you've been in the national tournament? I mean, that was not the direction we were going, Sean. We're we're, we're gotcha. focusing on we're focusing on Gary right now. We're focusing. Gotcha, gotcha. Ba- I'm Gary. back in. I'm Go back in. Back now. to Gary. Back to Gary. Um, but no, I, I think it was so cool to talk to him and just really get to see what his experience was like. Because I mean, obviously, like he has a ton of experience and has done really well. But I think a cool thing is for all of us coaches that are looking to try to compete at that level to try to get to the national final and and do everything that he did. It was pretty cool to just talk to him and see how his experience got him there and like what they did to to get to that level. And it, it's, a, it's cool because I, I, I loved, if we're being honest, one of my favorite parts was when he was talking about like the athletes he's recruiting. He's like, well, we're going to go for the best kids. And if I miss on 49 of them, but I get that one kid out of 50, it like that could change our program forever. And it reminded me of what you and me talked about a bazillion episodes ago at this point about kind of how you recruited as well. Yeah. It, uh, I, I enjoy talking to Gary cause I, I've seen Gary so many times and I've never actually talked to him. Uh, and then to actually, you know, we, we started DMing a while back and got to know each other a little bit more that way. And, and obviously the Facebook ads and stuff like that. Um, but it's so awesome to see a guy doing so well. Um, and, and just, someone you want to root for you want to cheer for uh and the coolest part is that he's he's doing it in his hometown and he's doing it for his alma mater because uh, as you said during the interview like that's kind of that's a hard thing to do um with the pressure of going back to where you played and where you went to school and 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 trying to be successful while you're there and and he's definitely done that um does it make and i was really hoping like while he was talking about like the kids and in indiana stuff like that i was really hoping that it made you go like oh maybe i should come down and recruit in indiana sometime I would love to. You guys do truly only rec- like. I feel like so many of your athletes stay in state, and that's not as many as you think. I swear, like every kid I've ever talked to from Indiana, and like maybe I just found the wrong kids, but I cannot get kids out of freaking Indiana. Maybe I need yeah. to try harder. Yeah, but, you need to try harder. You need to come hang out with your boy, and we'll make this happen, dude. But yeah, no, I mean, there's there's some incredible. I mean, obviously, like if you look at some of the really good programs are around the country. I mean, there a lot of – Indiana does very, very well. I mean, obviously, you still have, like, IU men's soccer, who's, like, traditionally one of the best programs in the entire country every single year, especially recently again. And so, no, Indiana soccer, like you were talking about in the interview, is a very, very good area that probably needs to get exploited a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't want to say it's – disrespected or underappreciated I've, I've underappreciated may be more the word i think that's um, i don't think that's a i don't think that's the wrong way to put it like i i think they're like underappreciated could be the absolute correct word yeah because we're just in an area because we're right in the middle of chicago cincinnati and st louis yeah. um which are massive soccer hotbeds um and it's like, even though those are like some massive cities and Indiana as a state is bigger than those cities, like it's still like, I think like IU men's soccer definitely gets the credit it deserves. I mean, everywhere around the country knows about IU men's soccer. If they're in the, if 
someone's in the soccer game, they know about IU. Uh, but I think just Indiana soccer in general, I, you know, I will go with underappreciated. Um, I think that's that, yeah. a very fair word to use. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. Uh, and I, that needs to be a T-shirt that Indiana soccer sells and they, we can read the benefits from that. Um, yeah, I, you know, and there are I think it's also kind of flip flop of what you talked about. Like kids don't want to leave is I think, you know, it's actually just talking in school the other day to a uh, uh, couple of players who uh, who were looking to play in college. Um, you know, the, the schools that they were telling me that were after them was just schools that were in, in Indiana. And I was like, oh, well, what about this school or this school or this school? And they're like, well, I, I, I don't know who they are. I've never, I've not like, where is it? Where's it at? And so I think too, and I, I've said this before for many, many years by Indiana kids is they're just not, I don't think enough schools come from outside the state, like come in to, uh, to, to see, obviously like your like top players in the state, like, yes, you know, big schools are going to come over and, and watch them play. But I think for like smaller schools, um, or various different, different divisions, um, maybe Indiana is a hard place to get to. Uh, so you can't exactly, you know, travel there a lot to, to see kids play, but we've got some talent here, uh, that, and especially where I live at, you know, I think, but Indianapolis has a lot of, lot of great talent there. Fort Wayne has a lot of great talent. Nevinsville's got a lot of great talent too. I mean, we've got, um, a high school that boys and girls team basically flip flops. Well, we've got a, actually, I take that back Two girls, uh, high school teams that basically have traded, uh, state championships every year for the last, like five, six years, maybe. Um, and when one, one will be in the final and if that one's not in it, the other one is, uh, we've got a boys team that has won. I probably, I'd say four out of the last seven, maybe four out of the last nine, something like that, uh, state championships. So, I mean, there's Evansville's we we've got some players too that, uh, that can, that can help some programs, but, uh, no, Indiana doesn't pay us enough to, uh, to talk about them. Uh, and, and, put, and promote the kids. But, uh, you know, I, I think what Gary's doing is, is obviously a, um, is transparent, uh, to the soccer in Indiana. Uh, he's doing it with a good mix of kids. Uh, obviously the facilities, if you've not been to Marion, um, especially if, if you've been to Marion, but you haven't been there in the last like two years, I mean, the facility upgrades that they've gone through is just absolutely ridiculously awesome. Uh, I got to go there last spring. The, the new weight room, I went to the weight room before and it was just something that you would kind of think that a small NAI school would have. Uh, the, the athletes only one, it was nice. It wasn't very big, but it was nice. And now the one they've got, we walked into it last spring and I was like, is this where the Colts train at? Cause this looks just like a professional, like an NFL's, uh, NFL teams workout facility. And, and you know, the fact that, uh, this this school is being able to do that. It's attracting these these players to come there and play. Uh, speaks of of what uh, the success that Marion's have, not just in women's soccer, but in in a lot of sports. No, absolutely, and that, and I, I think that's the I think I I I I didn't have that attachment to a ton of college sports like in Illinois, and and so I've always kind of been jealous of the the states like Indiana where you have sports like that where the facilities and everything and the fan base that really dedicates yourself like to the fans. One thing I did want to talk about you before we talk with you about before we get up is what was your opinion of the coach K Jeff Capel thing <laughs> this week? Uh, so I, I kind of called it, um, 
when it happened in game and I saw it on Twitter, um, I followed the, uh, the barstool students account from Duke and they were like, K is pissed <laughs> at us. Um, and so in my mind, I was just thinking about it and they, like they posted what they were saying and it's a chant that they do to recruits who are there. And there's actually a scientific study by f- some students that, um, 99.9 of the recruits who have went over and actually sat with the crazies has went on to, to commit and go to Duke. Um, so I kept telling myself, I don't think Kay knows what they're saying. Um, and he obviously exploded. Uh, and He's you know, he, yeah, he was not happy. And I think had it not been Jeff Capel, had it not been Steve Wojciechowski or Chris Collins or, um, some Johnny of the Dawkins, yeah. yeah. Some of I, the think it, I don't think it would have been a problem, but because you saw how forcefully he was like, he's one of us, he's one of us. Um, word got to him at the press conference afterwards about what the chant was, and um, while he did apologize for the timing of it, he said he didn't apologize for still doing it because his response was, it's not, this This was an ACC game against a tough opponent and yeah. against one of our own guys, so like we don't want any hokey pokey type stuff and he was like if if this wasn't a a hokey pokey game either like it was a conference game and uh, a game that they needed to win um he's like so you know like don't don't do that for the games that we really need like you know just just cheer do what you do like no need to to get stuff like that involved um and then uh in perfect k form and this is when you knew where it was um he goes but jeff cable can come sit with me anytime that he wants yeah. Uh, and everybody, you know, and it caused people to laugh. And I saw today actually that um, Kay actually called in um, all of the students. And basically, if you were a student and you were at the game, you were asked to uh, come to the stadium today. Uh, and he gave a massive apology um, and basically said the same thing. Said, like, you know, I, I didn't hear what you were saying. All I heard was Jeff's name. Um, and I just, I, heat of the battle. I thought you were saying something disrespectful to him. That's on me. Um, and the students all like had posted about, it was like, you know, you could totally tell like his demeanor completely changed. And, um, he just basically was like, you know, keep doing what you're doing. You guys, the best of the country. Yeah. Yeah. yeah." So all these, all these people who are like, Oh, okay. needs to be let go or well, well, get out of here. Dude. Well, I thought, I thought, I thought Jeff handled it really well too. Like his his response was phenomenal as well. Well, did you see his like during the game when it was happening? Yeah. I did not. I just saw his response. So um, during the game when it was happening, uh, I, I wish I, I, I used to know the guy's name who was like, not he's not like a security guard, but he's like the operations guy of the stadium. Um, and he went over during like a timeout and told Capel what they were saying. And they actually like his ESPN was like right by Capel during this and they end up showing it later. Um, and he was just like, he was laughing about it. He was like, Hey, those are my guys. Like that's, I wish I could go over there and sit with them. Sit with them yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, you know, it was all, all good fun, but, and I think Jeff said something to Kay after the game too, cause you could tell like Krzyzewski was, was, cause he went over and apologized at, uh, after halftime. And I think <laughs> Jeff told him like what they had actually said. And he was like, Oh, okay. So yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's nonsense. If there was no social media, if there was no like extra cameras, no one Correct. would even care. Correct. 
<clears throat> but thought I, I was a big fan of how Jeff Capel handled it. Like I, I didn't know all that stuff with Coach A, but now a big fan of how he handled it too. Oh, absolutely. As he said, Jeff Capel can come sit with him anytime. And the the funny thing is with Jeff Capel's tweet is how many Pittsburgh fans were upset because he didn't end that tweet with I absolutely love this university and I look forward to continuing being the pit coach because every response was like, can't wait. Do you actually come over and sit with us at Duke? Cause everybody basically says that he's the, he's the, one of the, the possible successors. Um, but man, that could well, be, I mean, uh, Randy Walder will have something to say about that. He might, but I don't know, you know, to, to go back home, coach one of the most storied programs in the country. I mean, that that's tough. That's tough. I wouldn't say no to it. That's for sure. But, uh, you know, soccer chat's a big thing. Uh, it, it is a big thing. Every single Wednesday night, uh, we have a Twitter chat. It's big. We want you guys to get involved with us and, and meet other coaches, le- meet like-minded coaches, uh, and support each other and build up your network. It's 9.30 p.m. every 9.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time every single Wednesday night. Just follow the hashtag soccer chat. And then we put out this podcast for you for free every single week. You can go back and check out the archives in case there's one uh, like the Jen Demos one that, that Gary talked about. Um, that's a very underrated episode as well uh, that we did with Jen, uh, who's doing some big things now. So go back in the archives, listen to the old shows. If you haven't, uh, go and do that. It's it's just like Netflix and chilling, uh, except you just you're, you got a long road trip for a game. Put it on and and, and and entertain yourself on on the way of the game. And speaking of Twitter, if you want to connect with us, if you want to chat with us, or maybe there's some type of question that you have for, for Nick and myself, Nick, if uh, somebody wants to get a hold of you, how can they do so? At Coach N. Rizzo. What about you, brother? And mine is at Coach Soderling Soccer Chat. You can follow it at Chat Soccer, S-O-C-C-R. There's no E on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. And coming up here in a couple weeks, we're going to put up, uh, we actually did film one of our interviews from Baltimore. And so before we release it uh, on the podcast, we're going to put it up on our uh, Facebook page. So if you're not following us on Facebook, go right now, go chat soccer, type in or search soccer chat, one of the two, uh, and follow that because in uh, here in a couple weeks, we're going to put up our amazing interview that we did with Randy Waldrum at the Baltimore United Soccer Coaches Convention uh, powered by Exact Sports. You don't want to miss that. It's such a good interview. And it took me so long to get the audio to match up with the video. Uh, and I'm so proud of it. Absolutely proud of it. Uh, <laughs> except for the fact of where I put the camera at because I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm constantly covering up my own face uh, with my hands. I pulled a Ron Burgundy. That's right. No, not Ron Burgundy. Uh, Tell David Knight. Yeah, you got Is it. it? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I should have just said Will Ferrell. I don't know what to do with my hands. No, that was Talladega. Not Talladega. Yeah, Talladega Nights. Ricky Bobby. Don't yeah. know what to do with my hands. Um, so, you know, uh, big shout out to our friends, Dutic Brand, DutikBrand.com, all your coaching accessory needs. Use the promo code SoccerChat. Our new friends, Bounce Athletics, use SoccerChat when ordering to get yourself $50 off your purchase of a brand new Dynamo Goal or maybe some of their fantastic training balls, their match balls, or even these amazing training bibs that they have. And I'm telling you, Exact Sports, our camps, they use the Bounce Athletics training bibs, and they're absolutely phenomenal, and they're, they've lasted so long. I have been doing, I think we said in our, our um, 
Actually, as of last week, I've done 38 exact camps. Been doing them for some years now, and we're still using the same ones. They're so amazing. Uh, go check it out. Bounce Athletics. Use Soccer Chat as your promo uh, to get $50 off your first purchase. He's Nick. I'm Sean. And the best part about Soccer Chat is, well, when we try this again next week, hopefully my voice is a lot better and I'm not sick and sounding like I've had 20 packs of Marlboros today. But the best part is that we're going to do this all over again next week. He's Nick. I'm Sean. Nick, we'll catch you later. See you later, brother.